Welcome to the Sports on Point podcast for July 5th, 2010. I'm your host, Matthew Smith. And I'm John Zavarelli. And today we have a very special edition of the podcast. We are celebrating the NBA free agency signing period starting. Uh, We're going to spend the entire show this week talking about free agents, where they're going, and uh, what teams are going to be left out in the cold. Also, we have a very exciting announcement to make about our podcast. We are partnering up with GrandCentralSports.net. That is a sports blog website. They're going to be advertising for our podcast, so you can go over there and check out the links to our podcast. And also, it's a, it's a great website to get some editorial blog posts about what's going on in the world of sports. Who knows, you may even see a post on there from John or myself in the very near future. So make sure you go over and check out GrandCentralSports.net. As far as the fan voting for the closing arguments last week, it was a close uh, close vote this week, but John came out on top, so congratulations to John. Champion for a week. That uh, brings us to a 3-2, and two, almost a 500 record here. i got to step up my game, I guess. And on to This Week in Sports. This is a section where we go through the past week and we share each of the top shared stories over the internet through Twitter and Facebook for each day of the week. Starting with Monday, Brazil inflicts more misery on Chile. Yeah, Brazil is obviously one of the teams that you consider a world-class team. Chile looked pretty good in the group stages, just didn't have enough to run with uh, Brazil in the elimination round this time. Yeah, Chile started off good in the tournament, winning their first two games, and then ran into Spain, and then Brazil in the round of 16. No surprise, uh, Brazil's still the alpha dog of South America, so like I said, no surprise there. And on Tuesday, free agents LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh meet to discuss their futures. This was the summit that everyone was talking about. It was only three instead of everyone else joining in. I don't think it's really a big deal. I mean, they were going to talk anyways, and I mean, it's... It's no big deal. Uh, they're just talking to see where they're going to go. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's pretty common. You know, these guys have been texting each other, contacting, communicating back and forth. It's no big deal that they got together. Obviously, their agents are going to deny it happened because any any public record of them discussing their futures uh, could, could result in tampering if it happened before July 1st. And on Wednesday, sources say Boston Celtics' Paul Pierce opting out to become a free agent. This is a situation where Paul Pierce is just trying to get a new contract. He's probably not going to get as much for next year as he would have had he stayed under his contract, but he just wants to get locked in with another four- or five-year deal. So uh, just him taking advantage of the current uh, contract climate. Yeah, with the collective bargaining agreements coming up next year, I think a lot of players who are able to opt out and get new contracts are doing that. I think he also wanted to see what Doc was going to do be and Doc hadn't decided yet, so he decided he was going to opt out and see what he could do. And on Thursday, Lakers head coach Phil Jackson says he will return for the 2010-2011 season. John? The old Zen master coming back to try to get his fourth three-peat. I mean, he might as well. He's got a two going. Lakers are the probably, right now, the most solid team with as far as knowing the players they have. He just wants to come back and... You get 12. Yeah, I think the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to end up being the biggest winners here because they were able to secure their head coach uh, once Phil Jackson made his intentions known that he was going to return. I think the loser here has got to be Brian Shaw because now he has to sit another year on the bench with no head coaching job, uh, just waiting for Phil to hang him up. And Friday, NBA free agency shows that Twitter has put athletes in control of their daily narrative. 
2010 NBA free agency has already been the most exciting thing we've seen off the field as far as sports is concerned uh, for several, several years. Uh, the Twitter effect has definitely increased the excitement because now we can hear things straight from the athletes themselves and they can refute in, incorrect stories as they're posted because we all know that's happening every minute. Yeah, I think it's good because you don't want to see anonymous sources and just sources that come up with the most absurd stuff. It's good to hear it right from the player's mouth unless their uh, Twitter accounts get hacked like Paul Pierce's. And Saturday, Philadelphia Eagles consider cutting Michael Vick. John? Michael Vick, what are you doing, man? Dog fighting and now a shooting. You gotta stay at you got another chance. Just stay away from trouble. Yeah, obviously the shooting outside of the uh, club that was hosting Michael Vick's 30th birthday party. The victim was actually one of the co-defendants in the dogfighting trial. These are people that Goodell specifically said he's not to be hanging out with. I think uh, Goodell's going to have some suspensions to hand out. And since Vick wasn't a major contributor, I don't see. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they kick him to the curb. And finally Sunday, Dirk Nowitzki and Dallas Mavericks agree to a four-year deal. No big surprise here. I don't think anybody really expected Dirk to go anywhere other than Dallas. Uh, there's some possible speculations about him going to New York, but I don't think anybody was uh, putting much stock into that. It's just a situation he opted out, got another deal, and now he's locked into a contract under the current collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, I think this is the same thing with Paul Pierce. Uh, no surprise. I don't, I'm not surprised that he opted out, and I'm not surprised that he signed back with him. So He actually did sign for less money so he could uh, give the Mavericks more chance to get another good player down the road to keep them competitive so good decision and that has been this week in sports now for something a little different this is a special edition of the show and as such our hosts are going to share a discussion about what they think is happening and going on in the free agency period okay john you're on record as claiming that uh, lebron james is heading to chicago pretty confident about it i've been on the record in the past as saying that Cleveland is the most likely destination. I want to know, uh, with everything that's gone on so far since the first, how do you feel about uh, Chicago's chances? Well, as of yesterday, I had the whole puzzle figured out. And then I wake up this morning and I turn on the TV and I see that Dwayne Wade is going to make a decision based on his kids who are in a custody battle in Chicago. So I'm actually throwing out the LeBron idea to Chicago. I don't think he's going there. I'm pretty sure he's going to stay with the Cavs now. I think that's the only logical choice other than possibly the Nets. The Nets, I think, are, is the only other team that he may go to because the Nets have a decent team. A, well, not a decent team. Obviously, they only won 10 games last year, but decent players around him. I think, I think New Jersey is interesting because I think they're the only team that really gives him the opportunity to make up that $30 million that he would lose in contracts if he left Cleveland because when you're looking at an owner like Prokhorov, he has the opportunity to really spread his brand overseas and make him an international presence much more than what he what he is in the United States, uh, or I'm sorry, much more than what he is outside of the United States currently. So I think that's an interesting opportunity. I still say I'd still say I don't know 80 um, percent. I'm leaning 80 percent towards the Cavs at this point. I'm leaning pretty heavily on the Cavs myself now. Uh, basically, if he wants to be the best player of all time. He's going to need to stay in Cleveland because if you win championships in Cleveland without any other star player, you're the best of all time. You win multiple championships. Well, yeah, the other thing is is if he ever wants a job as a GM after he retires, he's going to have to do something with Cleveland because he's been mini-GM here for how long and how, how, how far has it gotten him. 
I, I think uh, I think another thing that uh, a lot of the folks in the national media have kind of taken for granted is everybody wants to assume that LeBron James is going to make decisions based on these particular criteria. You know, who can win me a championship the fastest? Who can pay me the most money? Where do I have the best opportunity of becoming a billionaire athlete? At the end of the day, LeBron James is not a, a computer. He doesn't he doesn't make decisions based on A plus B equals C. He's got a lot of emotion tied to it. I don't know about anybody else, but I would have a really hard time leaving a, a team that is my hometown team and, and going somewhere else. And, and whenever I would come back, just knowing that that team is doing terrible and the, the community is down and, and having people look to me as the reason why that's happened, I don't think you can look past that if you're LeBron. Also, too, if he goes anywhere else and fails, he's going to be considered a failure to everyone. If he stays in Cleveland and doesn't win a championship, he's always going to be the king of Ohio. Doesn't matter if he leaves, Ohio will hate him. But if he stays, no matter what he does, Ohio will always love him. He'll be the king. So you made you made a mention earlier about uh, Dwayne Wade and the and the Bulls. How serious do you think that is? Uh, obviously, you know we talked about the what's best for him doing what's best for his family and and the fact that he's got a custody battle going with his two children hanging in the in the mid in the middle, uh, and that's all going on in Chicago. Does he does he stay in Chicago? Does he take thirty million dollars less so that he can be around his family? Is that something he's looking to do? I think at this point he make these guys make so much money. With the money he's bringing in from his endorsements, endorsements. There you go. <laughs> money he's bringing in for his endorsements. Uh, that thirty million is going to be isn't going to be very much. And he's been having to do this custody battle from Miami, where he's at now. And now going to Chicago, being there and being able to uh, get custody of his kids. It sounds like his wife is nuts. So I mean, I would when it comes to my kids, I'd want to be in Chicago as well. So I don't know. I might want to be farther away with thirty million dollars in my pocket and say, "All right, we'll bring the kids here. We'll see where they live a better life, and uh, hopefully get uh, get some custody advantages out of that." But hey, who knows? Being a father myself, it'd be hard for me to be that far away from my kids. Uh, luckily, I don't have to make that choice. Yeah, I'd say kids come above money when it when it comes to your kids. The, they mean they're everything to you, but that really doesn't have to do with sports. But I think it does have to do with where he's going to play next year. Chris Bosh is kind of an interesting scenario because it kind of seems like wherever he ends up is just going to basically depend on wherever everybody else ends up. Uh, I know the Raptors are kind of getting sour on the idea of signing him to a max deal and trading him for somewhere else. He he's been talking to Chicago. Uh, I, I personally see some problems with multiple max guys going to the same team. Where do you think Bosch ends up ultimately? I think he's going wherever Wade goes. I think if Wade stays in Miami, he's going there. I think if Wade goes to Chicago, he's going there. I think him and Wade are a package deal now. I don't. At first, I thought it was going to be Le, LeBron and Bosch as a package deal, but now that over this last week and him hanging out with Wade and all the people he's been visiting with, I think it, Wade and Bosch are going to be a package deal. I think Bosch and LeBron makes more sense for Bosch personally. I think that I think LeBron as a as a style of play will do a lot more to bring out the strong side of Chris Bosch's game than Dwayne Wade will. Not to saying that they can't win with the combination of Wade and Bosch. I think LeBron and Bosch just would be a better combination. It just doesn't look like if uh, if he stays in Cleveland, I just don't know how that happens. Well, what I what I see is. Bosch and Wade is is pretty much similar to the Kobe and Pau Gasol you got. I know Gasol is a couple inches taller, but pretty pretty similar to what they have in L.A. So All I right. think it would be pretty I good see that show. I can see that. There was there was rumors for a while there that Bosch might actually end up in L.A. 
Imagine that lineup. Yeah, that would be nuts. But yeah, with with Bosch going, if Bosch would have went to the Lakers, you could have chalked it up. Phil would have came back and signed a three year contract because yeah. you pretty much give him the title. He, he wouldn't be worried about three Pete. He'd be four Pete, five Pete, six Pete. Anyways, Joe Johnson uh, looks like he's heading back to the Hawks. I think uh, I think this situation is interesting because Joe Johnson is getting a max deal from the Hawks. It looks like 119 over six years. I don't think there's any way, shape, and form he's worth that much on the free market. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, the Hawks not wanting to lose their, their guy. This has got to hurt the cause, in my opinion, for anybody other than Miami and Cleveland as far as signing the big-name players. Because if I'm LeBron James, there's no way I'm taking a contract that's less than what Joe frickin' Johnson is making. Yeah, it's a smart it's a smart deal for him. I Absolutely. mean, obviously he, he'll be 35 at the end of that six year deal. So right now he's almost he's what 29 right now. He's got two more years probably in his prime, maybe even less than that. And his prime was what 22 points and nine rebounds a game. I mean, I'm just throwing that out. I think that's where his highs, if that. I, I was gonna say I think nine rebounds might be high. He's a, I mean he's a he's a, he'd be a good sidekick, but for that kind of money he's not. I don't even know when Atlanta really originally signed him for a max contract. I don't agree. I even agree with that. Yeah, let me look. He's got uh, twenty-one point three, and actually four and a half rebounds a game. So you're not even looking at a solid two-stack guy. He can give you some points, but that's about it. Reggie Miller, I don't even think made that much money in any of his contracts, and he was the most clutch player ever. He didn't do anything other than score, but. He was clutch in the playoffs where Joe Johnson has proved that he's not. Exactly. Yeah, what, what happened with the Hawks in the playoffs this past year? Almost eliminated by the Bucks, completely run out of town by the Magic. Not a, good, not a good strong showing. I think the owners for Atlanta have realized that the second round is the limit for them, especially with, the, with everything that's going on in the East now. And it's Let's just pay Joe Johnson to try to keep butts in the seats. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Okay, Mari Stoudemire looks like he's going to New York. What do you think about that? I think it's going to be a good a good pickup for the Knicks. I mean, they're they got nothing there. They're trying to rebuild. They got Tracy McGrady. Uh, I think they're looking to get out and run. And D'Antoni is getting one of his players he had in Phoenix. McGrady's actually a free agent this year, so they've got to re-sign him. I really think, as far as picking up Stoudemire, I think that gives them a good. He's a centerpiece now. That's what he wanted to be in Phoenix, where he. It was ran around Nash. He's got the talent to score. He likes to run. He's going to be able to run now. The, but the Knicks need some other players. They're going to they're going to be dreading. But but who honestly who better to bring in the players? Do you want James Dolan out there recruiting guys, or do you want somebody like Amari Stoudemire? I think signing a guy like Amari is a good move for him. They definitely need more, but at the same time, the risk is not New York's to be made here. This is this is Amari's risk because he's got to bring the players in now. It's not up to James Dolan anymore. Well, I think they got a good team president in Donnie Walsh who built up the Pacers, so they got a guy that actually somewhat knows what he's doing. He can build a, a decent team. I don't know about a championship he's, team. He's rolling into free agent meetings in a wheelchair after getting after being just released from the hospital a few days ago. I don't know that I don't know that I get that as an image of stability in their front office personally. That's dedication. <laughs> All right, give chalk him one up for dedication. So who do you see being, you know, obviously we've got, we've got all these teams vying for this limited number of guys. Who are the losers when it's all said and done? The biggest loser, well, originally I, with my little 
picture that I painted before was going to be the Knicks. I thought they were I thought they were going to get shut out. Now it's looking like I said as I woke up this morning, I think Miami's going to lose out big time. They have two players on their contract and if Wade don't sign there, nobody's going there. Nobody's going there. You got that right. So you're not building you're not building a team around Michael Beasley. Yeah. So they're going to be in shambles. I think they may set the record for most losses in the season next year. I can see it. I can see it. Although, to be fair, if they don't re-sign Wade, they've got a lot of money to throw around at mid-level players. They could end up building a team that's better than the the Nets were last year. That and the next year, the following year, is going to be somewhat of a... Not, not nearly as big as this year, but you got Carmelo Anthony's going to be a free agent. And Denver's already said they're going to look to trade him if he doesn't sign this contract. So, I mean, that that could be something they pull off. Tony Parker, there's been talks thrown around that Tony Parker may be gone. So, I mean, there's there's some options there. I mean, obviously you can pull some trades off. You do have Pat Riley as your, your team president. So, right. I can – but I think as far as this offseason, they're, they're the biggest losers. And then second would be Atlanta because I can't believe they signed – Joe Johnson to that contract, <laughs> or they haven't yet, but yeah, they're in the process, and that's not even a that's not a, that's not a losing for the 2010-11 season. That's losing at life, uh, just because they, they 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 draft poorly. They finally get some things working going in their way with all the young talent they've got, and now they're just going to cripple themselves for the next five years because they won't be able to bring in anybody. Um, they're they're going to be just kind of stuck running in the same circle they've been running in for the last two seasons. The T Wolves too. Darko T Wills, yeah, Darko, uh, Darko signing for twenty million over four years. Uh, the Bucks signing Drew Gooden for what thirty two over five years. I believe so. Unbelievable signings there. None of those guys has ever won a game for their team. Maybe Gooden, maybe Gooden's won a game or two, but other than that, that's a lot of money to give a player. We're not talking about we're not talking about players that make a difference between making the playoffs and not. We're talking about players that don't even win games for you. It's unbelievable the amount of money that... It... There's a recession going on, I hear, too. Well, and they're going to come into the collective bargaining agreement saying, we need to have more contract resistance because we can't afford these contracts. Exactly. Meanwhile, you're throwing $20 million at the biggest washout, the biggest wasted draft pick of all time. You want to talk about Michael Olowokandi and all this other stuff. Yeah, Michael Olowokandi didn't have Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony sitting behind him on the draft board. I'm sorry. This is terrible. That was a... Uh, yeah, That's I can't believe he got... He got that big of a contract. I hear uh, Dominic Wilkinson's coming back, too. Dominic Wilkinson. Someone might sign him. He's a free agent. 30, 32 million over five years. Yeah. Hasn't dribbled a ball in five years, but hey, that's all right. Okay, so you've got Miami as the biggest loser. I can see that. I can definitely see Miami as the biggest loser in all of this. I'm kind of wondering... The Nets, to me, seem like a team that have placed all of their eggs in one basket. I know coming out of the meetings, LeBron said, and, and of course Avery Johnson said, but what else is he going to say? They said the meetings went very well. The sources close to LeBron said that the pitches were incredible. I don't think you can sell LeBron on the second best player on his team being an untested rookie or Brooke Lopez. I don't, I don't know that you sell that. Uh, if they swing and they miss here, who else is, who else is even talking to him? Yeah, they're, they're going out and talking to people, but you, you don't hear anybody seriously considering it. Wade's not considering it. Bosch isn't considering it. Amare's probably already signed. What do you get, Carlos Boozer? And where are you going to put him next to Favors and Brooke Lopez? You can't sign that guy. 
I just I, I don't understand where they go from here. Uh, if 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 they don't land LeBron, I think they're pretty much out of luck, and I don't think they're landing LeBron. Yeah, hopefully they'll get a number one pick next year. <laughs> yeah. Which who's that going to be? Is that going to be a game changer? I don't think it. I, I, don't get me wrong. It, it, every year it seems like there's somebody that comes out of nowhere, but I don't know that there's a game changer at the number one spot next year. No, I thought. I actually thought this draft was was a little uh, was a little weak. I don't think there's. It was top heavy. Yeah, it was top heavy. There, I mean, it wasn't very deep, and I and I think the players that did go high, are, I don't think they're going to be superstars right off the bat. I think they'll work themselves into great players, but to come in and completely change a team is going to be. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, definitely, definitely not. Uh, definitely not on my radar. Where do you think with well, that said, with the biggest losers, where do you think Boozer's going to end up? I think he's a dust settles player. I don't think he's going anywhere until the dust settles. I think New York's going to make a run at him. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that the offensive style that D'Antoni coaches is a good fit for Boozer. He can end up in Miami. That's where he's going. He's going to Miami. He's going to end up in Miami, and and the only way he doesn't is if Bosch goes to Miami, and 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 Wade is there, obviously as well. But uh, I could see him being the consolation prize for Miami signing him. Well, what I thought was going to happen was LeBron go to Chicago. I thought Bosch was going with him, and then I thought Dwayne Wade and Carlos Boozer in Miami. That's what I originally thought. Yeah, and that's that. I don't I don't think anybody would look at you at the time and told you you were crazy. I and I can say he's probably going to get. I mean, he'll have, it's going to be a max contract, and if he goes to Miami, they're going to be able to give him that. I mean, if he obviously if he goes to a few different teams, what about Sacramento though? They picked a big man. That they they got Demarcus they got cousins. cousins, and and I I don't think you can have Cousins and Boozer on the floor at the same time, and I don't think you draft Cousins not expecting to put him on the floor. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to put him as a a power forward definitely. I don't know. I mean, he's big enough that he could he could bang with the centers, but that's what he's six ten. Who's uh yeah six ten or six nine somewhere in there? Who's who's playing the who's playing the four position in L A next year? At the Clippers, I should say. I mean, obviously we've got Chris Kamen. Yeah, he's a center. He's a center. I could see Boozer lining up next to Kamen in a lineup. Boozer's a little bit more mobile than Kamen. Kamen is pretty much a guy you park under the hoop and run plays around him. Yeah. You don't integrate him into the office. offense. Boozer is a guy you can integrate into the offense. He's going to get your points. Kamen can still get his garbage points. I could see him ending up in L.A. if Donald Sterling ever could make a deal that was worth making in his entire existence. Well, Boozer is definitely going to be a 2010 player. He'll give you 2010. He's consistent. What I'd love to see is I'd love to see Boozer in Cleveland. I could, uh, Obviously, that'd have, to be a, that'd have to be a sign and trade. Uh, to get him back to Cleveland, I, it'd be interesting to see what kind of reaction the fans would have. But I, I mean, I could see them putting together the deal where they're sending, uh, you know, maybe uh, Verjao and uh, Mo in a sign and trade, or or Hickson maybe he's in the mix. But uh, that'd be that'd be interesting to see him back in Cleveland. I think uh, I think they'd probably put him at the four and have him and him and Jamison. In the lineup together, I'd get rid of Jameson. I would too, but I don't know if there's anybody going to take that contract. Yeah, and Verage, as much as I, every time talks come up, I don't think they should trade him. And then I think about it, I think about all he does is defense. He has really no offense. So I mean, if you can get a score that's actually pretty good on defense, then it evens out. I got to think he's being shopped because there's. I don't know that there's another player on Cleveland's roster who's got the, who's got the league reputation. 
around the league that Verzhao has. And you look at a coach who's coming in who runs. Byron Scott has got a reputation for running. That's how he won in New Jersey. That's how he won in in uh, uh, New Orleans when he was in New Orleans. That's how he won there. And every year he's been successful. It's because he's had a high he's had a he's had a high octane offense. And Verzhao just doesn't fit that mold. I'm not I'm not saying that Byron Scott is Mike D'Antoni. I'm not saying he's running like Don Nelson. But he runs. He likes to run a fast break offense. He likes a point guard who can distribute the ball. Uh, that being said, I think uh, I think if you're Cleveland, the number two thing, number one, number two things on your shopping list are a are a athletic power forward or athletic center and uh, a point guard who can distribute on the break. And and uh, Andy and Andy and Mo have got to be the number one guys on the shopping list there. I'd go after the. Who's the back at the backup behind Chris Paul? Backup behind uh, Chris Paul, Collison. Yes, Darren Collison. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'd go and see what New Orleans wants for that because they just signed Chris Paul to an extension. See what you want for that guy. I mean, I know obviously that'll give Chris Paul a break and it's a solid. But if you can give, you can give up Mo Williams and possibly. I mean, you could give up a number of players because obviously New Orleans needs some help. So, yeah, I don't. I'm looking at their depth chart. They've got two guys at point guard and only one guy in their regular rotation at shooting guard. They could definitely, they could definitely use some some guard help. I don't know that that's the. I don't know that that's necessarily the help that Cleveland has to offer. They can, they can give them big guys, but they've got three guys at power forward, three guys at center, and four guys at small forward in their depth chart. So. Uh, I, I think New Orleans. If you're looking to make a move with them, you got to be offering them littles. So Man, I, don't we, I think we can give up. We got Sebastian Telfair, who's a bust, but he could be all right. I mean, it's another it's another body for them. And Mo Williams, and I, I mean, you could even give him Delonte West. Sebastian Telfair has got to be um, got to be one of those one of the few current players in the NBA right now who who helps to make my case against the one and done rule, because. It, He's a guy who, had he gone to college, he would have never made it to the pros. He would have never been here. He had some issues coming out. He thought it was. I think he was just too cocky for his own good. I mean, if if he had any work work ethic, I mean, he could he could have been a good player. But when you you tell those younger players that they're they're going to be the they're going to go to the NBA and this and that, that kind of balloons their head, and they don't think they have to work for it unless they're driven, like obviously the great players that come out. Yeah, there's uh, there's there's just been a handful of them that, that everybody looks at and they point at and they say, you know, high school players and the pros are great because you know LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Sean, Garnett, Sean Kemp, Sean Kemp, Amari Stoudemire, Moses Malone. Okay, so who who are some of the uh, who are the, some of the free agents we haven't talked about? Uh, David Lee, do you think he's going to Minnesota? I think they will sign him, but I don't know because Minnesota makes some crazy crazy decision, so they might just decide that they're going to maybe sign Josh Childress or something. But, and I and I don't know why New York wouldn't maybe want to make, I mean, I, if I was New York and you just signed Stoudemire and you, you don't probably don't got another chance at a max player, sign David Lee. Then you got two big men. You got a center and a power forward. Both capable of running. Yes. And, and there's, there's been talks out there that they're trying to deal for uh, Tony Parker from the Spurs. So you get Tony Parker, who can run too. He's pretty young. You got Stoudemire and you got Lee. Stoudemire and Lee are very capable of being twenty ten guys, and Tony Parker can is a proven point guard. So there you go. You got a somewhat of a contender right there. But 
So that's my thoughts of what what they should do, but I don't know that they'll do that because, like I said, Minnesota and New York aren't the best run organizations in the world. Rudy Gay re-signed with Memphis, way overpaid for his talent. Almost, uh, almost up there with the Joe Johnson ridiculous contract level. Josh Childress, any chance he's coming back? I don't think so. I mean, he played when he played in the NBA before. He wasn't really anything special, and I and these European teams are paying more and more for the players now. So I mean, if he doesn't get something, I mean, but they did give Darko twenty million dollars. So I mean, it's it's up in the air. I mean, he he can he could be a good role player, but I don't know if Europe will pay him more than the NBA. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in the, in New Jersey. New Jersey? I wouldn't be surprised. I think that uh, I think that as a small forward, he fills a need that they have. If they end up striking out with all the other free agents that they're going out of out after, which, in my opinion, is more than likely, uh, I could I could see them trying to secure the three position with Josh Childress. I'll tell you what. Another going back to what we said about Boozer, where he's going. I think. Possibly Houston too, because Houston was looking into getting Bosch. That may be something where they may want to talk to Boozer and get him as well. I mean, that'd be a nice one-two punch with Brooks, Yao Ming if he can come back healthy, and Carlos Boozer. Yeah, it's kind of kind of the same same scenario we have where you've got a big guy who stays under the hoop and doesn't really doesn't you can't run much offense through him. That of course being Yao Ming, uh, get another big guy in there that you can actually run your offense through. That that, that makes a lot of sense. I can see that. Shaq, is he going to play anywhere next year? He's going to play somewhere, but he ain't going to do much. He's not playing for the Cavs. I know that that kind of that took a lot of a lot away from LeBron. It, when you have him and Vareja, or I mean, Z could spread the floor a little bit, but when you have two two bigs down there, LeBron can't get to the hole. Problem with Cleveland's offense this past year was that there was two players on the court for much for long stretches of the game where when the ball got into their hands, it stopped moving. And as much as I hate to say it, the offense was the offense was designed so that when LeBron got the ball in his hands, it became a one-man show. And when you've got two guys that are playing one-man show basketball, it really takes away from the team uh, architecture and, and uh, makes it hard to win basketball games. I think that anywhere that Shaq goes at this point in time, he's going to be looked at as a guy who stops the ball. The ball doesn't move through Shaq anymore. He has a reputation as being a decent uh, decent passer on the low block, but... Anymore, the ball just doesn't move through him anymore. Yeah, he's he's about to the end. I honestly think he should hang it up, but he wants to play another couple years. I'm not sure why. If if anybody's ever seen the cover shot from when he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, the guy looked 70. The fact that he even is considering playing his his career is over. Nobody's told him yet, though. Like he's not gotten the message. Nobody told him. Hey, by the way. You're done. You know, the way he sees it is Kobe just won his fifth. So he's going to stay around and try to get on a championship contender. He don't care if he sits the bench as long as he gets his fifth ring. You can't I, be kidding me. I'm pretty I, – I think that's what it is. This is the largest stakes of I know you are, but what am I I've ever seen. Unbelievable. Kobe, that was the first thing he said when they when they asked him how, how it felt to win a championship. He said, well, more, one more than Shaq. Unbelievable. So we got Johnny Salmons. We've got uh, let's see who else is still out there. We haven't we haven't put Salmons Sal- on the team yet. Salmons already he, he I believe he reached an agreement with the Bucks. He signed with the Bucks. He left the Bucks and then they re-signed him, which I think I think That's he deserves the money he gets because he's 
he went to the Bulls last year, and then they made a push to the playoffs. Then he got traded to the Bucks. They made a push to the playoffs, and he leads the team usually in scoring. So I mean, he's a. I think he's one of the more under underrated players in the league. They really got a boost when he joined the team midseason last year in the trade. Uh, it, it's been two years in a row where he's joined a team midseason and really affected them uh, going into the postseason. John Sammons is a good a good sign. I wonder how can he keep it up throughout an entire eighty two game season. It seems like early in the season he was he was okay for the Bulls, but he didn't really get his spark until he got moved. Maybe he's a guy who needs um, uh, he, he he needs to be kept on his toes. He needs to be change the scenery. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But I, I can't really argue with the. I can't really argue with the deal. He's he's been productive for him. They signed him to a contract. That's that's the way this, this league's supposed to work. Here's another one. Brendan Hayward is a free agent this year. He's a seven foot center. I think he might. I mean, he's only thirty. I don't think he's the greatest player in the world. I think he he'd be a good role player on the team though. But I don't know which team and how much he he's wanting to get. Depending on how much he's willing to willing to take as a contract, I could see him in a in a Cleveland or because they're definitely getting old, starting to get old at, at their uh, big their bigs position. Well, at least two of their play. Well, Shaq's a free agent. Shaq's gone. Z's probably gone. Probably he, gone. And, and it, it, Z may stay. He may he may sign a, a you know four hundred and twenty six dollar contract or whatever the hometown discount is for uh, for the big Lithuanian. I wouldn't be surprised if he stays. I mean, he's he's pretty loyal to Cleveland too. I mean, the Mavs wanted him last year, and they he's like he said, "I'm gonna wait the 30 days and come back to Cleveland." You got a lot of there's a lot of second tier talents. I mean, you got like I said, mid level guys, like you were saying earlier, like Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes is a free agent. I think probably Orlando will pick, probably resign him, but I mean, I think he's a he's a good defensive player. I think Jefferson, Richard Jefferson. If he uh, if he returns to his past form, he could be a he could be a monumental value for somebody because he's not he coming off of the worst season of his career. He's not going to get a big money salary. He's not going to get it. So some team could sign him for mid level exception type money, and uh, he could end up producing big time. I could see him working out in again in Cleveland if they were able to work that out somehow because he's he's familiar with Byron Scott's offense. And a lot of these guys too that are, as I look at this list here, the lower guys are. You can see the age. Once you get to thirty, it's unless you're Joe Johnson, who's about thirty and getting a hundred and twenty million dollar deal. Once again, we mm-hmm. throw that out there. I think there's a market for Josh Howard. I think I think he's a talented role player. I don't think it's going to obviously he'd be a mid level guy again. His antics are going to really re- limit his options. There's been there's been just way too much stuff going on. He's a he's a social media giant, but in a bad way. Yeah, I think I mean I think he can he he's obviously went downhill in the last few years, but uh, I mean he was good with the Mavs for a few years. Definitely a good role player. Uh, I think he can turn it around. I don't. He's going to be maybe like a seven or eighth man though. What about Ray Allen? Where's he? Is he is he coming back to the? Ray Allen's in green and white next year. I think so too. I don't think they're going to break that up. They're going to go one more year with that. He 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 probably falls under the list of uh, of backup plans for Miami, but I, I don't I don't see uh, I don't see him slipping out of Austin. What I can see is I see him coming back, and then maybe depending on how the season's going next year, possibly as a trade next year, they'll sign him and then maybe trade him. 
midseason next year. Could be. To try to upgrade. Yeah, Boston is a team that has a very short window left. So if they if they feel like they're 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 dropping off next season, I could see them moving him to get somebody more young, more energetic in their lineup to try to push him a little bit. Uh, obviously, they've got Rondo with the energy on the court, but all the talk about the greatness of Rajon Rondo, people seem to forget that his regular season numbers were better than average, but not fantastic. He's definitely a guy you want on your team because of what he does in the postseason. But if it's if it's if it's middle of the season and your guys are having a hard time, you know, coming up with the drive to win basketball games, I could see them moving Ray Allen and trying to get somebody younger, more energetic on their roster. If if Milwaukee falls apart next year, I could see that player being John Salmons. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, Rondo right now he's not a leader. He's not. I mean, he is. He's building himself into a leader, but he's not. As you said, regular season, he's not going to motivate the troops to to play, and that's and that has to do with the big three still, the chain of command right now. So, well, I think that's about all we got, John. What do you think? I think we covered pretty much all the the main guys and even some of the mid level guys. In the meantime, guys, check out GrandCentralSports.net. Keep your eyes peeled for some upcoming posts from John and myself. Uh, we look forward to our partnership there and. Uh, Hope to see you guys commenting on the posts and and uh, checking out all the other uh, all the other great articles that they're going to have to offer. We'll be back at you with another fresh edition of the podcast next week. And until then, enjoy your weeks. Peace out. Thank you for listening to this special edition of Sports on Point. As always, you can send your feedback to feedback at sportsonpoint.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com/sportsonpoint.